0: Good morning and welcome to Over Years Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Amy G and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Wednesday, April eleventh, and we're reading in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are on page forty-nine, the second paragraph, which is pretty much the last paragraph, starting with We Who Have Traveled That Dubious Path, going two paragraphs, first for context, second to share on. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, Julie R., Madeline R., and Lynn F. The reference numbers for yesterday's meetings the 7 a.m. Eastern Vision for You meeting, 11,273. So that is 11273 1, 1, for the 7 a.m. meeting. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, 11275. That's 11275. 1, 1, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I think I hear someone unmuted, so if you could mute your phone, that would be awesome. I will now ask for Kathy R. to please go ahead and read the 12 Steps. Go ahead,
1: Kathy. Press star 1 unmute.
2: There I am. Sorry. Good morning nope. everybody. This is Kathy R calling from Florida. These are the 12 steps of our our wonderful program. Number 1. We admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Number 2 came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. and the power to carry that out. And finally, number 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you again for letting me do this service, and have a great day, everybody.
0: Thank you, Kathy R. And now I will ask Alana M. to please read the 12 Traditions. Go ahead, Alana.
3: Uh, Thanks, and uh, good morning. Um, I'm a Compulsible Reader. My name is Alana M., and I'm from Ottawa, Ontario. Here are our 12 traditions. Uh, One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are with trusted servants. They do not govern. 3. The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. 4. Each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. 5. Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. 6. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, before
4: personalities.
3: Thanks. Thank you so much, Alana M.
0: How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes If you go over, you'll hear me save time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirements for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. However, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you are done sharing, say Pass, and then press Star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study in the Big Book on page 49, the second paragraph, and I'm going to ask Julie R. to take it away.
5: Hi, thank you, Amy G. This is Julie R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. We who have traveled this dubious path beg you to lay aside prejudice even against organized religion. We have learned that whatever the human frailties of various faiths may be, those faiths have given purpose and direction to millions. People of faith have a logical idea of what life is all about. Actually, we need to have no reasonable conception whatever. We used to amuse ourselves by cynically dissecting spiritual beliefs and practices we might have observed that many spiritually minded persons of all races, colors, and creeds were demonstrating a degree of stability, happiness, usefulness, which we should have thought ourselves. Instead, we looked at the human defects of these people, and sometimes used their shortcomings as a basis of wholesale condemnation. We talked of intolerance while we were intolerant ourselves. We missed the reality and the beauty of the forest because we were diverted by the ugliness of some of his trees, we never gave the spiritual side of life a fair hearing. Again, I'm Julia, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Oh, there's so many awesome things in this um, two paragraphs. You know, for one, I never paid attention to agnostics when I first came into OA because I had a faith. But this is all about how I lived. It talked about the people who travel this dubious path, right? You know, doubting. For me, it was, it was even beyond doubting. It's like I wasn't even going to go there. And we hear a lot of people talk about, you know, um, the set-aside prayer. Well, this is kind of where it gets it. It says, we beg you to lay aside your prejudices. So I had to do that. And how did I do that? It wasn't easy. You know, the, the big book is so full of, of things for me to do, th- reasons to believe things. You know, it tells me that I'm going to change. It says that I'm going to become spiritually fit. But I have to go through a lot of other stuff. In this one, first paragraph, it does give me a reason to believe. It says, we might have observed that many spiritually minded persons of all races, colors, and creeds were demonstrating a degree of stability. You know, the structure, the discipline, spiritual practices. But I couldn't pay attention to that because I was so blocked. And it describes me to a T on page 50, the second paragraph. What did I do? Instead, I looked for the defects in them. So this was hindering my growth. I would look at a certain religion, the one that I um, grew up with, and I would look at all of the things that they've done wrong, how they turn people away, how they are hypocrites, and I would focus on that. And what that did is just pushed me farther and farther away. um, The next um, thing, it says we talked of intolerance. While we were intolerant ourselves, I was not living um, a, quote, unquote, a religious life. I didn't have the structure and discipline. I wasn't doing spiritual practices. But yet I was so cynical and I was such a hypocrite. Um, And then, you know, that, that last couple of sentences, We were diverted by the ugliness of some of its trees. I couldn't see the forest. I couldn't see past all of that so that I could search for my creator, my all-powerful Powerful God. I was blocked. We never gave the spiritual side of life a fair hearing. And there's another thing that would hinder. It hindered my growth. And so today, thank God, I was able to really embrace the agnostics to understand what it really meant. And I do have a God, and my God is all-powerful. I can't even tell you about my God. And, you know, there's a lot of good things that are in other um, religious sects or whatever, but you know what? I didn't have to do it all at once. So
1: thank you. I'll pass. Amy
0: Star One have Amy. Oh, sorry, I forgot to hit star one. Beg your pardon, everyone. Okay, thank you, Julie R, for getting us started. And so we will be focusing on that second paragraph. Who would like to share? Lisa B. Kim G from South Jersey. Gotcha Lisa, gotcha Kim. Who else? Madeline R.
1: Okay, Madeline R., Melissa C., Melissa C., you take a couple more.
0: All righty, well, we can get started with those four. That would be great. Lisa B., Kim G., Madeline R., and Melissa C. Lisa B., you are up.
6: Good morning, Amy. Thank you for your service. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Well, the word, the line that really jumped up for me is spiritual side of life. That's always created such conflict for me. I was convinced that a spiritual side of life wouldn't be a good life. What would it mean that I'd have to let go of? You know? It would be a boring life. It would be an unfulfilled life. It would be a just A boring, flat-line life. That's what came to me. But, you know, I had to progress in this illness that today I know is truly a fatal malady. I had no idea the gold mine, the diamond field, this deep, 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 rich, nourishing soil that was where? Inside of me. All this time, all this time, you know, I had no idea that the spiritual side of life is really what I've always wanted. I tried to find it in people, places, and things. And today, you know, I know that this book tells me that food is only a symbol. Bottles are symbols. You know, the problem is inside of me. So I needed to progress in this illness. I needed to see that if I were to continue on the way I was going, that no, nothing would come of it, no good would happen. So I wanted to share with you some of the things that I felt when I was not living in the spiritual side of life that I wanted to hold on to. Feeling useless, blaming others, thinking endlessly of myself, feeling less than, feeling better than, feeling separated, feeling old, older before my time, feeling tired, feeling ramped up, edgy, full of resentment and fear. Now, why would I want to hold on to those things? You know, but it's all familiar. It's all I've ever known since I think before I was able to talk, even I was familiar with those feelings. So today, character building, you know, spiritual values, a sane spiritual program is what is so fulfilling to me. Who would think, right? Who would think? It's not boring. It's a very fulfilling life. But I needed to see that the food has to be put down to start anything and then, to live these steps the steps is actually what brought me this recovered state, and it's just amazing. I'm so grateful for it. I passed
0: thank you, Lisa B Kim G. You are up. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive
7: and a reader from South Jersey. We missed the reality and beauty of the forest because we became diverted by the ugliness of some of its trees. You know, from a spiritual perspective, you know, I always think about it. I'm a kid that grew up in 12 years of Catholic school, and and because Sister Helen was mean to me in fourth grade, I hate nuns. Nuns suck. I would discount all the wonderful teachers I had over the 12 years because one woman said something mean to me when I was 10 years old. But I want to talk to more about, you know, Overeaters Anonymous. You know, for those of you who are like me going in and out of the fellowship, thinking OA doesn't work, it has such a low recovery rate, you know, I'm not going to go back in there. Those 12 steps don't work. I, you know, I'm someone that always looks for loopholes. There's an AA speaker that I love that says, mm-hmm. the longer that he's sober, the better his childhood gets. <laughs> because we get perspective as we re- get recovered. And what I realize now is no one in Overeaters Anonymous ever, ever wanted to hurt me. There's a lot of confusion in Overeaters Anonymous, but no one ever tried to hurt me. And I think of that saying at the end of um, Vision for You, We create the fellowship that we crave. And I have to tell you, that was my experience. I had to take responsibility for that in Overeaters Anonymous. When I was looking for just a diet group with group support, I could find that in Overeaters Anonymous. If I was in relapse and wanted justification to stay in the food, I could find that in Overeaters Anonymous. If I wanted to just worship a food plan in absence, I can find that. If I wanted to just say, nope, Overeaters Anonymous, a 12-step program, is really about nine tools, I could find that as well. What really scares my heart and makes my heart sad is there's a lot of big book meetings that don't believe there's an allergy and tell people they can eat whatever they want. If I want that, I can find that. And believe me, that's not unique just in Overhears Anonymous. I remember when I recovered and and my Overhears Anonymous meetings were really weak and I, I decided to go to AA, and in my county in New Jersey, there's 250 AA meetings. And they had a drop down menu so I put big book, and there were only five big book meetings out of 250. I went to one, and it was just simply reading the big book and then talking about their probation officer. And the second one was closed. So I had to say, what do I crave? When I crave my binge foods, I've got to tell you, if that first store doesn't have the binge foods, I'm going to the second store, and the third store, and the, third and the fourth store. So what am I craving today? What am I going to do and I'm not, I'm not going to get distracted by the ugliness of a couple trees? Do I want just abstinence and, and to be miserable? Is that enough? Do I want fat serenity? Do I want to settle for temporary respites where if I'm abstinent more than I'm not abstinent in a year, that's a good year in way? Or do I crave long-term contented abstinence? Do I want to be recovered? Do I want neutrality? Do I want to feel safe and protected? Because let me tell you, let me assure you, that is not only possible, and over is anonymous, but I have witnessed it over and over and over in the rooms of o a and
0: with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G okay, Madeline R. It's your turn
8: Thank you, and thanks for your service this morning. Hi, I'm Madeline R recovered compulsive eater, and for me. The word instead right at the top of page 50 there just hits me right in the face because instead I will do anything. Instead of looking at anything, instead of trying to research anything, instead of studying something, instead of asking for help, I will do anything. And for most of my life, a big part of my life, that instead was finding enough food to anesthetize myself. When I did decide to do something, What I would do is look at you because it's my responsibility to fix you and to fix my sister and to see, even though my sister is very spiritual, all the problems that she has. And then to hear that um, this one's very spiritual. However, they have this problem. Probably the biggest problem or malady that I have is that I think I'm the end all be all and that I believe that I could be the greater power and know how to fix you, keeping my eyes on everyone else's plate but myself. You know, not looking at what I'm putting in my mouth to anesthetize myself, what I'm putting in my mouth to binge, what I'm putting in my mouth to avoid the reality of life. And there came a time where I had to ask myself, have I discounted the spiritual side of life Because of what happened to me, because of what happened to others, because of how your spiritual life was, did I discount what I believed? And I had to take a good long look at that. Yeah. And there's been a lot of difficulty, I could say, looking back through the years of my life at 57. Though there's been a lot of good, a lot of wonderful that I had nothing to do with that just happened. That just came into my life that was just given to me if you will and so instead of looking at why I'm different than everybody and instead of looking why it won't work for me even though you said it worked for you because I tried it instead of I had to look at my higher power who I choose to call God where I fit what has happened in my life to believe in my heart of hearts that yes my higher higher power cured me from
1: Oh, alcoholic foods, based on my
0: fit spiritual condition.
8: Here. Can you hear me now?
0: I can hear you now. Go ahead. Sorry.
8: Okay. No, I'm sorry too. Um, just, I don't know where I left off, where I stopped being heard. But you know, where in my life has my higher power um, cured me from cancer? Where in my life has my higher power cured, cured me from my alcoholic foods, based on this, a, a spit of a fit spirit? Spiritual condition, and and I and I don't want to say cured. I want to say given me recovery based on my fit spiritual condition. So I'm so grateful to be here and look at my plate today. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Madeline. Melissa C. You're up.
9: Hi. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C. Recovered compulsive overeater in New York, and um. You know, what grabbed me was that wholesale condemnation and that I could just, um, based on, you know, a few people's actions, I could just wholesale, just widespread, push aside, turn away from, condemn um, anything that's good, you know. And, And I'm thinking how that is exactly the opposite of how I would be initially with the food, and many often people that I, you know, work with with the food. It's like we don't want to wholesale condemn food. You know, I don't want to say, what do you mean, no sugar, no flour, never? What do you mean? What about when I'm on vacation or when I go out to dinner? Um, You know, somehow being able to wholesale condemn um, my substances was, like, radical and crazy, yet I could easily have wholesale condemnation for the spiritual way of life, you know. And my my personal experience was um, I've had this brother-in-law who's been in my life for, oh, God, almost 40 years, um, and I had this difficult relationship with him prior to working his steps. You know, today it, so many things have been changed. But he was someone, um, he's religious or he, you know, he says he's a religious person. Um, and I didn't like him and I didn't like the way he behaved and I didn't like his friends and his congregation. And so I didn't like God, you know, and that, that's, that's crazy. (laughs) That's crazy thinking based on, um, just the actions or even my, um, perceived actions because they're not even based in truth, but I could just push away, condemn the spiritual side of life. And, you know, we're um we're human. We're flawed. My my brother in is flawed, so am I, you know, and um I always thought of myself as this really liberal person, um, you know, open minded and tolerant, so long as you share my liberal, open-minded, tolerant views, you know, then, hey, then I could um, then I could like you, then I could listen to you,
4: um, and
9: I could give you the time of day. And, you know, what I've learned from the 12 steps is um, I know nothing, you know. I know so little, and I'm in the greatest danger when I think I know more than I really know. Um, I need a spiritual side of life. I need to practice love for my brother-in-law, for everybody, and, and see God in everybody. Thank you. With that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Melissa C. Okay, so who else would like to share on what was read? Just a reminder, we are on page 49 and 50. Sharing on... Barbara, at- Barbara,
10: Barbara? Katie G
11: e.
0: from Boston.
3: That's okay.
0: Barbara? John I have Barbara E, Katie G. There was someone before that. Sandy. Ah, Sandy F. F. Sandy F. Okay. Who else? John L. John L. I think I missed some people. I've got Barbara E, Katie G, Sandy F, John L. Who else? Oh, okay. I thought I missed somebody. All righty then. We are going to go with those four. Barbara E., Katie G., Sandy F., and John L. Barbara E., it's your turn.
10: Thank you so much. It's Barbara E. from New Jersey. I think we, as a group, might confuse religiousness with spirituality. Somewhere I heard religious people are afraid of going to hell Spiritual people have, all, have already been there. Religions have espoused for centuries the Ten Commandments in some form or another and spiritual principles of goodness and care. It is true that some individuals divert to negativity, but there is a spark of goodness in everything. And this wholesale condemnation of people, races, religions, can only do us harm. And the intolerance that's around us, I know I feel for myself as well, as someone I believe alluded to, the farmer in the story, who misses the true truth of what has gone on in the tornado, and he just sees one aspect of it, like the analogy of the different people feeling the different parts of the elephant and seeing different things by touching the, the legs or the tail or the tusk. There is prejudice and skepticism all around us, and I know this will be a bit controversial. But controversial, but I even see it within the OA room. Um, The intolerance of different kinds of programs, telling people there's only one way to recovery. Even in OA, the intolerance. Recovery can come, in my humble opinion, in many forms. And to identify people as different kinds of eaters uh, and saying that if you are the wrong kind of sponsor, you could kill someone. That, to me, is expressing intolerance. I understand the goodness of wearing it's, where it's coming from, but wherever we can find, as human beings, recoverance, for recovery from this disease, that is indeed the answer. For me, the, the tool of tolerance, love, caring, and understanding has to be out there, and my spirituality and my connection with my personal higher power has to grow every single day. It doesn't have to be yours, your program, doesn't have to be my program. The big book is a textbook, not literature, but there are other people that I know and value who do the 12 Steps as well, the 12 Steps of A.A., I find everything works if we're willing to work it. Thank you. I pass. Have a glorious day.
0: Thank you, Barbara. Katie G., you're up.
11: Good morning, Amy. Can I be heard? Yes. Okay, sorry. <clears throat> Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic, and bulimic, and don't want to be a dead horse here but um where's the main problem right the main problem is in my mind the main problem is that i am a judgment machine right unless you're doing things exactly the way i want you to um i'm going to criticize you and you know i hear um myself um i have criticized people who um, in the 14 years i've been in oa have criticized people who don't eat the food i eat who don't follow the plan i eat who don't do the steps the way i do them and the the spiritual awakening that God has graced me with is that at the end of the day, this is between me and God, and what is going to get me to God. And I know there's a saying, there's a nut for every wrench, right? So when KDG from Boston shares, some of y'all out there are going, "Oh my goodness, KDG! I know exactly exactly what you're going to say, blah blah blah, right?" And some of you are going, "Oh good, KDG, whatever." So what? A language of the heart. And um, the best that I can do every day is try and not to not to judge others and to be open and to try and hear what their messages are, not because it's the right thing to do. I want to be really clear. It is a spiritual axiom that when I'm disturbed, it's about me and not the other person. And we are taught that resentment is the number one offender. So for me to be sitting around in a meeting, for me to be sitting around looking at religious people or spiritual people or any person and judging them, because let's think about this. What is a judgment? A judgment is just a resentment. I judge someone, I find them guilty, and I'm writing them off, right? And so I need to do my best each and every day to be 100% free of resentment why not because i want to be a good person but because if i don't then eating will be a step up from how i feel this is a life and death illness this is not about me just going and being a good person this is about me doing the right thing each and every day because if i don't i'm going to eat i mean it is the dubious luxury of other men to go and criticize the president or you know whatever there are people who can walk around and be verbally intolerant and not want to take a gun to their head at the end of the day i'm not one of People And so it's very important. My own process in OA has been, you know what, whatever works for you, that's fine. And I surround myself typically with people who are super low bottom like me, who need to do everything that they can each and every day, first and foremost, to stay abstinent and do the steps. And if you're not one of those people, that's okay, too. Because again, there's a nut for every wrench. There are so many of us on this line working a program getting to God, and that's, you know, the final judge and jury is how close do I want to be to God, how free do I want to be, so, uh, God willing, I'm going to stay one more day and uh, and stay out of my judgment machine, and uh, with that, I do pass.
0: Thank you, Katie G. Sandy F., you're up.
1: Sandy Star One, to so unmute, please.
12: Hi, this is Sandy S. Uh, driving from Florida to Florida, actually. And um, the thing about the ugliness of the trees and not seeing the forest really defines my life, and actually is probably the underlying reason why I was a compulsive overeater. I was so, like, hooked into what was wrong. Primarily with me. And the only way to get some relief from that was to compulsively overeat and throw up. And now I have the awareness, by the grace of God, that I'm not seeing, in, I'm not living in reality, you know, and I really understand that I can't get myself to be in reality, that it has to come from a higher power, and that I have to cooperate with that. And I'm at a really critical point in my life. My mom is dying. It's been a long process and that's why I'm on my way to Florida. And I really wanted to speak today because more than ever, I need that connection with my higher power. I just want to be a comfort to my mother. I love my mother. We've been she's been my best friend. We've had our definitely share of conflicts. And Thank God for the ninth step. My mother said to me, I totally forgive you for everything. And I was able to say the same for her. And that was a year ago. And that's grown. So I just have the faith that God will give me whatever I need to be a comfort to my mother. It doesn't. It's not verbal. It's really internally. If I could feel that peace and ease, I've worked the steps. And now it's just, time for me to allow things to happen, which is probably the most difficult thing for me because I'm always wanting to force things to happen, but I'm willing to let go, and with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Sandy F. Our thoughts and prayers go with you. Dave have traveled. Okay, John L., it's your turn.
13: Yes, good morning. Uh, I'm John L. I'm a compulsive overeater from Arizona, and this reading to me really asked me to drop all my prejudices that I have of God and religion. And the biggest thing that I have facing me would be changing my higher power from food to God. And looking at where I've been and everything, food addiction cut me off from God's love and from God. Um... Food addiction caused me to isolate from other people. I would go out and eat. I'd be overweight and, and everything, and that's all I cared about. I really didn't care about socializing. I'd just go out and eat and say the heck with being with people. So I was cut off socially and from other people's love as well. And, you know, what this really did to me was <laughs> food addiction's extremely lonely. It's empty. It ruins my health, and it just really um, didn't do much for me. I was just spiraling down to a slow death. And turning to food to comfort myself is using food as a higher power. And this higher power of food was really killing me. But today I see from this reading that I do have a religion And just like other people have different religions, they have purpose too. And I don't need to go out and judge or whatever. I just have to use this higher power that I have today to help me get through the day and live life on life's terms. I can socialize with others, especially in in Overeaters Anonymous, and I'm not so isolated anymore. I can feel the love of my higher power and from others where I couldn't before. And the main point, I guess, for me today is to put down the food, seek my own higher power as I understand him, and turn to this higher power for life's problems instead of turning to food. And it's a much healthier way to live life. That's all I have. Thank you. I pass.
0: Thank you, John L. We will now take some more folks who would like to share, please. Kenessa Lisa K. H. Okay, Lisa H. Who else? Canessa
6: K. Canessa. Okay. Nancy
0: Leslie
6: w. w. Leslie W. Lance, you're
0: in uh, Nancy, Nancy who? Nancy what? Leah M. Leah M. Nancy, I didn't get you. I think I heard a Nancy. Did I hear a Nancy?
5: Yes, she did. Nancy C.
0: Okay. Uh, Harlan G. You, all right, Harlan, I think we're going to stop there, see how we go. Lisa H., Kenessa K., Leslie W., Nancy C., Leah M., and Harlan G. Lisa H., you're up.
14: Good morning. Thank you, Amy. Um, this is Lisa H, Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater from Tennessee. And the, law, the line that drew me in this morning was, we never gave the spiritual side of life a fair hearing. Um, and, you know, don't you know, even when I was in my disease, um, full bore, I really thought myself to be a spiritual person. You know, I was at the church every time the doors opened and I was involved in Bible study and pastoral care and um, this and that and the other. But what I have come to find out um, as a compulsive overeater is that I couldn't hear anything. I My mind was so befogged as they, and that's one of my favorite words in the big book, I was so, my mind was so befogged. By, um, by the sugar and the flour and the compulsive behaviors that I couldn't hear anything. Um, and, you know, on, on, uh, in the doctor's opinion, it talks about more often than not, it's imperative that a man's brain be cleared. And that's what had to happen for me um, before I could hear anything um, about a higher power, about these 12 steps. Um, and so, um, what it took was was abstinence for me, um, and some withdrawal from um, my alcoholic binge foods, and this clearing of my befogged mind, so that I then could um, look at the spiritual life in a different way, look at a different, a new conception um, of a higher power um, that that I could really have on a daily basis. Um, that's the other thing about, that's why I keep coming back every day, um, to hear what all the compulsive overeaters recovered on this line have to say, because now that my brain is cleared and has been cleared for some time, I'm, I can hear it. I can hear. And what I love to hear is how God is working in our lives on a daily basis. Um, you know, I, I think back to, to putting down the food thinking that I could do it just for today if I didn't have to think about putting down the Oreos for a lifetime, you know, and, and if I just focused on that one day, turned into another day, to a week, to a month, and now three years, um, having neutrality around the food, and that is certainly, um, has been God's gift to me, um, but I want to thank you for teaching me how to hear, um, and teaching me how to listen, and, and helping me to grow, with that I pass.
0: Thank you, Lisa H. Knessa K. Your turn.
15: Good morning. Uh, Knessa K. Recovered in Cincinnati, Ohio, just for today. Um, what stuck out for me was persons of all races, colors, and creeds were demonstrating a degree of stability, happiness, and use, usefulness, which should have sought, which we should have sought ourselves. Um, boy, those words are big for me um, today and every day because the word that really sticks out for me in that sentence is stability. Um, I really thought I was a stable person. Um, <laughs> I always call it being a good boy picker because I can't come up with better grammar than that. I was always a good boy picker. I picked a great guy to marry. i have been married a long time. I, you know, my kids seem pretty stable. Um, I've saved, you know, we've been good saver. Like, you check the boxes. Everybody's got their own box, right? But in my mind, I can go from insane to stable in a New York second. And for anybody I reached out to for outreach last week, they heard it. And you know why? Because my treatment was off last week. One of the things Don C. from Connecticut always says, and I love this, is that a person who has cancer has to seek treatment. And I have to seek my own treatment in this program. And when that treatment goes off the rails for whatever reason, for even one day, one day, it doesn't have to be a week, one day, um, I'm unstable. I'm unstable in my mind. I'm full of fear. I'm full of angst. And it is a wicked storm up there that can brew in a nanosecond. So what this program has taught me and what all, all of you have taught me is that I have to seek my treatment every single day. So I've got this checklist. And that checklist is to get up every day and connect with my higher power. How do I do that? I have ADD. I'm 48 years old and I have ADD. I have to exercise to calm my mind, to even start the process. It's not obsessive. It's 30 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever, early in the morning. I calm my mind down. And then all of you taught me to get on my knees. You guys taught me how to pray. You taught me which prayers to say, depending on how stable I was about whatever the topic was that day. Um, You taught me how to meditate because prayer is asking and meditation is listening. You taught me how to do a daily review. You taught me how to make an outreach call. You taught me how to create a gratitude list. I mean, you know, you guys, I would be completely unstable every single day of my life without everything that my sponsor and the ones that came before her um, taught me. So, you know, again, to mirror what Lisa said, thank you for helping you listen and thank you for this day. I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Canessa.
6: Leslie W, it's your turn. Thank you so much for allowing me to share this morning. Um, we talked of intolerance while we were intolerant ourselves. Ooh, yeah. So I'm in the middle of um, of a uh, <clears throat> doing another fourth step. Actually, I'm giving my fifth step away to to reveal. Um, you know, just to dig a little deeper um, and to have greater freedom in in my life from this disease. And I'll tell you what my fourth step, I'll give you a little glimpse into that. Drips with superiority. What is intolerance? And I'm looking at that. I'm looking at that word intolerance. To me, underneath intolerance is what? It's an
15: air of superiority. It's
6: I'm better than you. And uh, many of you on this, many of you, I don't know, many of you, some of you um, on this line know of the um, deep level of intolerance um, and resentment that I've had towards one of my family members. And uh, what this, what this, is revealing to me today, what this step work is revealing to me today, and what this paragraph is revealing to me today is that I have missed the beauty of this person in my life because I'm so intolerant and judgmental and superior that I can't see the beauty of the forest because of the ugly trees. I'm looking at everything that I think is ugly about this person. And placing myself and elevating myself into a position of superiority, I have intolerance for her. And I've got to tell you, God is breaking that down. God is breaking down those walls. Because he doesn't, not only does he want me to be free from that resentment, but he wants me to have real relationships with people in my life. He wants me to be able to see the beauty in people and not the ugliness. And only God can do that. Only God can do that through this step, working through this process. And I'm so glad to be a part of it and so glad to be here with all of you this morning. I'm filled with gratitude. I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Leslie. Nancy C., it's your turn.
4: Hi, this is Nancy C. from Colorado, a gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater. Excuse me. Morning mouth here. Um, I have been searching for God all my life, um, but I think I've done it in an intolerant and judgmental way. Um, I found the religion um, that my father taught me, unsatisfying, the religion that my mother showed me, incomplete. Um, I've left a lot of churches. i searched a lot of places, but I've been, as I said, very critical and judgmental, and what I found was disappointing to me. That's all that I experienced. Um, in the last year, I, I found another place, and it felt non-judgmental, but I still didn't know how to be myself, but I went, and at the same time, I was getting abstinence, and program. I was getting hope. Um, I was getting help. And I tried to stay intolerant and non-judgmental. And I knew that I needed the clarity of, as I think somebody earlier said, the clarity of abstinence to really know what I was looking at and to make a good decision. So I did find a church. I found a place. And since I found that place, which has only been about six months, I've found um, joy. I've I've found that uh, God loves me just the way I am. I don't have to change. I don't have to be anything different than I am. I don't need to ask the church and the people in the church to change. I need to just be intolerant and open, and I will find God there. And since I've been going and uh, working program at the same time, every problem that I have, every indecision that I come to, I find that if I just breathe in God, I I breathe out what he wants me to do. I don't need to be fearful. I don't need to be critical. I don't need to be judgmental. I just need to be um, accepting. And when I'm lost, I just reach out and he's there. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy C.
1: Leah M., your turn.
16: Thank you so much, Amy. We never gave the spiritual side of life a fair hearing. Um, You know, when I look at this paragraph, I think about the repositioning of self that occurs through this process of the steps. You know, uh, we're essentially on step two here, which is a conclusion of the mind. Step one and two are conclusions of the mind. Uh, step three is a decision. Step four is actually the first action step of the inventory process. But you know, even in these steps, in these early steps, <laughs> I'm being repositioned. You know, to reestablish and be reborn. You know, in the in in step one, powerlessness. You know, no choice. I'm I'm defeated. I'm done. Step two. You know, am I willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself that can restore me to sanity? Even if I don't know what that is, I can't articulate, can't wrap my brain around it. Am I willing to believe already in motion these steps? reposition me steps one two and 3 Reestablish a relationship with god even though i it it may not even be much of a feeling at that point certainly no certitude and and no no you know no specific you know specifics on it but i'm being beaten you know i'm being i'm being um torn away i had to reconsider or die God came in when the resistance stopped. You know, when I threw my hands up and said, I don't know. I don't know. What I do know is that this disease is crushing me. I am broken shell of a woman. And when that happened, God came in through my wounds. And, you know, the process continued. You know, steps four through seven reposition me in a relationship with myself through the observation and and the, uh, you know, the examination of attitudes and my behavior through the inventory process. And then, of course, steps eight and nine reposition me with others and my relationships with other people. You know, the whole program of recovery is – a repositioning. The more I'm here, the more I realize I don't know. And, you know, as I look back, you know, I didn't quote him, you know, take step two. Step two, took me i didn't know where i was going to end up i would never have written the story you know of my life these past several decades but um you know it was the submission and just throwing up my hands and saying you know what i don't know there's got to be a better way obviously my way ain't doing it and with that i pass thanks
0: thank you leah harlan g take us out please
1: Thank you, Amy. I'm Harlan G.
17: am a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. When I was a child, I did look at the human defects of the people in that synagogue, and I used their shortcomings as a basis of condemning them. I absolutely am 100% guilty of this, and I saw God as somebody who denied me what I want. If there was a God, why couldn't I be the first baseman for the Cubs. And if there was a God, why couldn't I be the quarterback of the Bears or so on or whatever it was at the time that I wanted it? And then something struck my eye here. And I knew in my heart that I could never be as obedient to God as some of those people in that synagogue that I attended as a child. So what's the use in even trying? Because I had the mentality that If I can't win, if I can't be the best and be the best effortlessly, what's the use of trying? I was a quitter. And then something crossed my eye on page 39. It said here, excuse me, not on page 39, excuse me, on page 43, once more, The alcoholic at certain times has no effective mental defense against the first drink, except in a few rare cases, neither he nor any other human being can provide such a defense. His defense must come from a higher power. This disease took me to the woodshed and beat me down. This disease humiliated me. This disease disgraced me and ripped me asunder. And it ripped me asunder at an age when I was just entering kindergarten. It emasculated me. It beat me into a state where I was completely defeated every day of my life because no matter what I did, I could not get thin. No matter what I did, I could not look like the other boys. No matter what I did, I couldn't be like the other boys or the other people that I saw. And then one day, somebody said to me something that changed my life. And they said, this is not a dress rehearsal. You're going to die. We're all going to die. And the saddest words of tongue or pen are these few words it might have been. What could you have been in the one life you have? And I wanted to seek it. And so I accepted a spiritual way of life that I didn't even know what it was. I thought spirituality was religion. No, it's very different. And through a spiritual way of life, and yes, there are injustices in the world, but through a spiritual way of life, I have lost over 500 pounds. I am alive when I have been condemned to death by doctors. I am living my life And I am free of compulsive overeating, and I have not eaten compulsively for over 19 years, and I have done so happily. And with that, I will pass. Thank you.
0: And on that note, thank you, Harlan. I'd like to thank everyone who has shared today. Special shout out to our readers. Uh, Thank you so much for your service. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today's meeting, which is Wednesday, April 11th, is 11278. That's 11278 for this morning's 7 a.m. Eastern Vision for You meeting. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Madeline R. please read A Vision for You?
8: I would be honored. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order.